I'm Hunter. And I'm Clay, and you're listening to episode one of The Good Fight. So, The Good Fight, named for, you know, fighting the good fight, uh, with Clay and I debating sports on our weekly episodes, as well as talking about faith in the sporting world and people who are, in fact, fighting the good fight beyond just athletics and beyond menial competition. Uh, so with that, we just want to do some uh, brief intro so you know who's talking to you here. Yeah, so I'm going to start. I'm Clay, you know, 24-year-old sports fanatic. Uh, sports have been a big part of my life all growing up. Five sports my senior year, currently playing college hockey. Big hockey guy, big college football guy, but I love getting into a little bit of everything. And, you know, obviously on top of that, love the faith in sports mentality. Faith is a big part of my life, a big part of the way I play my sports. And, you know, the good fight is something that uh, hopefully can relate to a lot of you out there. Uh, hailing from Montana, Clay didn't have electricity until I believe he was 16 or 17. So this is a pretty big step up for him. These podcasts are pretty new to me. Um, like I said, my name's Hunter. I'm 21. Uh, also go to school. I'm uh, going to be a college senior this year. Unfortunately, not blessed with uh, much athletic talent. So sports stopped for me after high school. But uh, been a employee for a fantasy sports company since my freshman year of college, and as well as a sports writer uh, for the past three years. Consider myself a sports fanatic and excited to get rolling here. So we're going to jump into our first uh, segment here, just a weekly recap around the sports world. Now, the most recent development we have is the release of the opening uh, weekend and Christmas primetime games for the NBA. Uh, a couple notif- notable games early on uh, that were released. One for all you Milwaukee fans, we have the Bucks and the Knicks on Christmas Day. I know this is something Bucks fans have been clamoring for for a long time to get a Christmas Day game, get to watch Giannis with the family. Greek freak. Then we also have the 76ers and the Celtics, which should be an Eastern Eastern Conference matchup that'll be relevant come playoff time as well. And then we have LeBron traveling to LeBron and the Lakers, excuse me, traveling to uh, Golden State, take on the Warriors, be his first matchup against Golden State with the new team. I mean, saying LeBron and the Lakers is basically the same as saying LeBron, so I get that where the confusion could have been there. Fair enough. But uh, Clay's going to jump in with uh, some football knowledge. Yeah, so obviously uh, college football, not here as quick as we might hope, but a couple of polls released. Obviously the ESPN poll been out for a while, Alabama 1, Clemson 2, my Notre Dame Fighting Irish all the way down at 11. But Sports Illustrated came out with a brand new one for all you Wisconsinites out there, having Wisconsin in the college playoffs sitting at number 3, and they have Clemson at number 1, so... Uh, you know, can't wait for end of August to get here and start watching some of that college football action going on. And we are going to get into uh, some issues in college football, namely Urban Meyer, and then we'll touch on the Badgers uh, as part of our Wisconsin recap, which we're going to hop into. Now, we did touch on the Bucks uh, playing on Christmas Day. They've made a, a couple interesting signings this offseason, bringing in Ursan Ilyasova as well as uh, Brooke Lopez, obviously letting Jabari Parker go. Uh, we're not going to hear much from the Bucks, likely. For the next couple weeks and as they get into training camp, but uh, games will get rolling around uh, mid-October and then we can finally get some NBA basketball. Uh, for the Packers, biggest news recently is Aaron Rodgers ripping the young wide receivers, calling their effort in a uh, practice uh, on the scout team one of the worst he'd ever ever seen during his time with the Packers, saying the effort's got to improve. i got to imagine that having a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers rip you apart as a rookie or a young player has got to light a fire under you. Yeah, and then I think, obviously, defense pretty exciting. Obviously, a uh, struggle the past few years and a big question mark on the defense. 
but I think some of these young corners are starting to step up and excited to see, especially our draft picks and some of our other young guys. Uh, Kevin King came out with an interesting tweet last week talking about how he's trying some new things in practice and um, he's getting beat a couple times by Devontae Adams and getting called out, but uh, he claims that it's just his way of practicing and this is the time to try new things and I'm really excited. I think he was a big guy last year before the injury, and you know I'm I'm really excited to see what some of the defense holds. Um, obviously, losing a couple guys to injury early on hurts, but I think uh, I think it's going to be an interesting year for the Packers. Yeah, that uh, that comment from Kevin King comes on the heels of Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco praising Richard Sherman after Sherman got burned deep um, on a on a go route. But he said what he admired about it was Sherman's not afraid to get beat in practice. He doesn't uh, shy away from trying new things or trying new techniques because he might get beat. He understands it's practice, and he'd rather get beat on a practice field than in a game, and that's where you want to put the work in. I think a lot of times young guys are scared to fail, even if, even if it is because they're trying something for the first time. So good to hear that from King. Hopefully he keeps his development going. Well, and I think what was interesting about it, too, was another reporter alluded to the fact that that's something Aaron Rodgers loves to do in training camp. You know, he's trying new things. He's, you know, experimenting in training camp because that's when you figure out what's going to work and what's not going to work come time for the season. And so I think seeing a guy with like King, who you hope becomes, you know, a premier player in the Packers defense, not being afraid to experiment and try some new things. Hopefully it pays off once the season comes. Now, you can obviously check out the Packers coming up. They're playing on Thursday when the Titans come to Green Bay. It'll be our first chance to look at the Mike Pettin defense with the Packers as well as to get our look at the young rookies. So we'll have Jair Alexander, Josh Jackson, and then the three rookie receivers, as well as guys like Jake Kumaro, uh, Montrevious Adams, Vince Beagle, guys who uh, are new even if they are uh, not in their first year with Montrevious Adams and Beagle being injured last year. Now we get to see him after a full offseason in, uh, in the system. And in other news, Brewers uh, making a couple of moves at the deadline, trying to make a run here. Obviously, at the deadline, when it's sell or uh, acquire, you kind of know how a team's looking for the second half. And Milwaukee was a buyer, obviously, two and a half games back of the Cubs and one game out of a wild card spot. Excited to see um, what some of these new additions kind of bring to the fold. It seems like whatever Stern does turns to gold. He's got the thumb of Midas. I guess that's how I've heard my family say it. But it does seem like he doesn't ever overpay for players, but he's always willing to acquire. That's what we saw with, with Yelich um, and then trying to bring in Kane and be able to buy buy now, try to win now without selling out on the future. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing. You know, you don't give up too much, um, you know, just to try to chase the Cubs back two and a half games. Obviously, the payroll is a little different in the major league. That makes for such a high-end, low-end, but... Uh, it's been a fun year to be a Brewers fan. It's been fun to watch them and some of those young guys you brought in. And like you said, I think Yelich is a perfect example. All-star this year, you know, is having a great season, but he wasn't overpaid. He was paid what he deserved and fits in really well with the team scheme. Yeah, and a lot of times the Brewers have shown they have the tendency to collapse down the stretch, but we'll, we'll hold our breath and hope that this year is different. We're, we're still in it. Coming around with our uh, last part of our Wisconsin recap here, we have the Badgers. Yeah, so obviously Badgers being on the Sports Illustrated cover, big deal. Hoping it's not a you know Sports Illustrated curse coming out of that. Uh, focusing on the O-line, the guys that don't get enough love. I think that's just such a fitting thing for Wisconsin as well with you know their notoriety in the offensive line in the past. And um, like I said, on Sports Illustrated, they're ranked third coming into the season and that's a pretty high prediction but I mean why not finishing last year 13 and 1 and undefeated in the Big 10 9 and 0 
and then you beat Miami in the Orange Bowl, it's hard to not see them, you know, going to that next level. So I think it's exciting to see them stepping up. And, you know, I think they got five Sports Illustrated top 100 players in college football. So obviously a lot of talent. And then you add those five offensive linemen in there as well. I think it's going to be really fun to watch Jonathan Taylor step up this year. Yeah, seeing Jonathan Taylor in his second year is going to be huge. I don't think anybody expected him to come out as a true freshman and play like he did. I love watching the Badgers as a team built around defense, where as a Packer fan, a lot of times we, we watch an offense with an inept defense. Um, but I do think that in order for them to go to the playoffs, it's going to require either playing another undefeated team in the Big Ten Championship, or it's going to take uh, one loss and a Big Ten Championship victory in order to carry them into the top four. But obviously we'll, we'll see what happens when the season gets going. Yeah, no, I think the sky's the limit for them, especially in that Big Ten. It's looking pretty strong with three teams in the top nine and four in the top 12 of the ranking. So obviously a lot of competition there, but no reason that they can't be the team to come out of it. Now, the other interesting part of the Big Ten is obviously we have the scandal right now surrounding Urban Meyer. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting. You talk, everyone's saying, you know, it's kind of unfair that he had expectations to report those things. But at the same time, the head of any job in any department, I think, um, there's a certain expectation that when something comes forth, especially of this nature and something this severe, that you're expected to do the right thing morally, regardless of where you stand on it, but in order to report it, I think is the biggest thing. And, you know, he has people he could have gone to. There's obviously better ways he could have handled it. I'm sure looking back now, Urban Meyer truly believes that there's a better way to handle it. Um, I guess I'm just curious to see what happens now. I think Five years ago, I think there wouldn't have been any problem with him keeping his job. But I think nowadays we're such uh, we're so much better aware of the, these type of situations and these struggles in the household. And I think uh, it'll be interesting to see what the next couple of weeks entail, especially with the OSU investigation. Yeah, I think that Urban Meyer is somebody who has never shied away from people who seem morally or uh, ethically corrupt in any way. Um, obviously, when when he was in uh, Florida, you had the uh, walking Jesus that was Tim Tebow. But outside of him, we had, you had Aaron Hernandez. His uh, history is well-documented, as well as uh, you know, several other players who had problems prior to or after their time there. And he's taken a chance on a lot of people. I think where it comes down to is when did he know uh, information on the domestic violence regarding that coach? Uh, did he hide that information? Did he lie about that information? The interesting Part of Urban Meyer for me, too, is his quote. I believe it was about the basketball coaches in the NCAA when he said, if you lie, you shouldn't be able to coach again. So it comes down to, did he lie, and will he follow his own advice on that? Yeah, and I think, again, like you said, I think once we get a lot more specifications as to when he found out what was actually transpired between him and the coach and the information, I think that'll be a big telling sign of how he reacted to the situation. And until then, it's hard to make too much judgment one way or the other. But obviously with what we have been told and what we have been able to read on the situation thus far, I think it really will be interesting in a telling time these next two weeks. And, you know, on top of that, you got an Ohio State team that's ranked in the top five right now. And, you know, how does that affect them if, a ch if with a, your coach out right now coming down to, you know, the start of two-a-days and the start of getting ready for the season, having no head coach and not just a regular head coach, but someone who's been looked at for so long as one of the premier guys in the league. Yeah, that'd be an interesting situation if he's not able to coach this season, if he's held out for the year at least. Uh, the team, you could think of it as lighting a fire under him, or it could be one where they're 
they're without their leader and they don't really know how to handle that. You could see them falter a little bit in situations they haven't in the past couple of years. Uh, with that, though, we're going to end our uh, basic talk on sports and kind of proceed into the, uh, the guys who are fighting a good fight. Clay, what do you got for us? Yeah, so this last week there was a high school football coach, Coach Joe Kennedy from Bremerton, Washington, who was actually fired for praying after the game. The interview talks about how he agreed to not pray with his team, but that he wasn't going to change his own personal beliefs, and he wanted to still pray himself before and after games. And I don't know the actual circumstances of what led to the firing, but there obviously were complaints and feelings that that was inappropriate in a public school setting. But the big news is, big-time Florida State college football coach Bobby Bowden came to his defense and said, I'm proud of him for standing up for what he believes. I'm proud of him for putting God first. He also later said that he would love any one of his, he would love his son to be able to play on that team and he would support and coach with him any day. Um, I think, obviously, Bobby Bowden claimed that, he goes, I don't know how I get, didn't get fired because I prayed all the time at Florida State. And I think that's just a telling t- sign that, you know, even at the top level, we have the coaches that are fighting the good fight, that are giving it their all to their faith and aren't willing to hide that or shy away from it to please um, some of the other outstanding people outside of the scene. So uh, obviously praying for Joe Kennedy and seeing what happens with him in his future in coaching. Yeah, got to respect the decision, especially, I mean, coming on the heels of our conversation about Urban Meyer, you see a lot of coaches sell out on what may be uh, as strict of a moral or ethical value uh, to try to keep their job, to try to win games. And then with uh, Coach Kennedy, obviously, we have somebody who says, I'm putting God at the top of the list. And that's really what we're all called to do. We're all called to fight that good fight. Moving on from that into our last segment here, uh, last segment of the good fight, we have Super Fight. For those of you who don't know, Super Fight is a card game, debate game. And you have several character cards, and you pick a few character cards. And then from there, you pick trait cards. You get to pick one character, one trait, and then you get one random trait. So we've already got our cards in advance. Clay and I are going to debate shortly here, and then we're going to put a poll up on our Twitter page, which you'll be able to find in the description. But uh, what we have first, Clay's cards. He's got Jack Bauer armed with a sniper rifle and flaming antlers on his head. I mean, I think it's just the best of both worlds. I've got a sniper rifle and fire flaming antlers. I think long distance, I got the sniper. If you can't get anywhere close to me, but I mean, good luck attacking me up close when I do have flaming antlers. Have you ever seen a buck get in a fight? Obviously, as Hunter alluded to earlier, big Montana guy. I've seen a lot of bucks go back and forth at it with antlers. It's hard to get into the head, hard to get into those big areas with the antlers blocking the way. I think, you know, I think I've got both areas reached. I got the long distance and the close. For those of you who don't know, Jack Bauer is a uh, fictional TV character. He knows his way around a gun, so immediately I've got to compete with that. Mm-hmm. From my standpoint here, I've got an Olympic gymnast who can take the form of any underwater creature. Wow, all right, we'll work with that. And is covered in spikes. Wow, okay. All right, so um, early on, I'm going to assume this is a female gymnast, so I don't know if seducing Jack Bauer is an option. <laughs> uh, I also am curious right off the bat about how small of a creature can he, can this gymnast morph into, because if you can get small, sneak up, and then kind of morph back into your original in, initial shape and bash him with one of those spikes, uh, that would be my... I guess, assume tactic in a situation like that because somebody armed with a sniper rifle, I'm not going to be able to take that from distance. Yeah, I guess that, I mean, I think obviously Jack Bauer is so accurate. I don't care how small or how big you are. I think with my 
expertise in fighting and combat with my guns as well. You know, I think my sniper, I get you no matter what. Find a bird's, a bird's nest somewhere high, I think I got you. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the fans think. I mean, if you can get close range, if you've played Fortnite, you know how hard a sniper is from close range. So just think about that. Vote. Let us know what you guys think. But uh, that's all we have for you today. Thanks for listening. Yeah, and hey, remember, until next episode, run the race, keep the faith. And as always, fight the good fight.